Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like, Jokic. your sitter. Wow. As long as there are fans on this is that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans come in here, the Celtic fans come in here, Laker fans come in here. I take that hell on the way out. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Podcast. It is your hosts, Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross with DenverStiffs.com. We are here on a Sunday evening recording after a Denver Nuggets victory, uh, which has been rare, uh, to say the least. Right? Yeah, we were talking about yeah, this. Yeah, this is good. Let's like, do man, this. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's a good thing they didn't lose. It would have been a much more dreary podcast if they were 1-5. in five. We had to discuss it, but uh, that is not the case. Nuggets get the win over the Minnesota Timberwolves in uh, what ended up being somewhat convincing fashion, 124-109. That rounds out a week that was otherwise pretty uh, pretty rough with losses to the Sacramento Kings and Phoenix Suns. They did get a win against the Houston Rockets way back when. That was the last time we were on. Uh, I was previewing the Houston Rockets games, it feels like, ages ago. Uh, since then, the Nuggets, like I said, they, they dropped those games against the Kings and the Suns. Uh, and though did get up the win against the Timberwolves. Tonight, we are going to break down the week that was. Talk about the differences in the win tonight versus those two losses earlier in the week. We probably aren't going to talk about that Houston game because who cares about that? That was uh, a long time ago. And then we will look forward to what is upcoming. The Nuggets have another big week uh, ahead of them. Four games uh, we are going to see the Timberwolves again here. What do they play them on Tuesday night? Does that sound right? Uh, look, man, you're the one who looked up the schedule. <laughs> this is a you job. My job is to show up and talk. Your job is to do research. <laughs> that's, that's right. But uh, yeah, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't on top of my game. I guess there. But anyways, we know they play the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves on. It is Tuesday. Tuesday. See, yes, I, Tuesday. I just. I'm, I'm pulling your leg. I should have. I should. I gotta trust my instincts. On these things. And, uh, I don't know. They made you a Nuggets fan. I'm not sure that's really. <laughs> uh, you should have picked so... the Lakers. That's that's where you need to go. No. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, Nuggets and Timberwolves now tied for last in uh, in the Northwest, if not the entire West. I know Nuggets were in last in the West before they won tonight. Uh, but yeah, they'll, they'll have the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves again on Tuesday. Then they get the Mavericks and the 76ers. For rounding out next weekend with the Knicks, we're probably not going to talk about the Knicks. Uh, just going to be honest. Knicks we'll, fans, we'll, we'll talk not about that the we Knicks. Hate you. We just don't care about you. Yeah, we just—I mean, it's, it's the Knicks. Who cares about the Knicks? Anyways, that would—that uh, will be the majority. In fact, all of our show this week will be covering those upcoming games and the week that was. So let's not delay anymore and get into it. Gordon, the Nuggets. Get like I said, the big win tonight against Minnesota. This is coming off of the losses against the Suns and the Kings. What was I think? What did you notice as the primary difference tonight against Minnesota in comparison to those other games where they weren't able to get the win? Minnesota's worse. Yeah, that, that, I guess that's. Uh, I mean, certainly worse worse than Phoenix. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't want think to Sacramento's that good either. I think Sacramento yeah. and Minnesota are probably pretty close to about the same. Yeah, but uh, I mean. The poor Timberwolves, like, didn't have anybody taller than, like, 6'8 on the floor. Like. That's true. Yeah, I would they, say Timberwolves. They had no in... chance to stop Jokic. None. T- Zero. T- I should say the Timberwolves, I think, are about the same as the Kings when they have Carl Anthony Towns. Um, right. Yeah, without Cat, I'm like, I don't. Uh, it, it, theoretically, they should have had another, you know, 25 points and 10 boards on the on the floor tonight. You know, so without Cat, there's, there's no reason that they should hang with the Nuggets for three quarters. They did. And then the Nuggets pulled away. Like I wouldn't say the Nuggets played a great game. 
I would say that both stars showed up, even though Jokic got into foul trouble. Um, that's right. really the only way to really slow them because every minute he was on the court, he was demolishing um, them. It, I, well, I shouldn't say that. The third quarter, he he played it safe to stay out of more foul trouble. And right. then they, yep. uh, well, what I liked is Malone started him in the fourth uh, against the bench, and he just lit them up. Five minutes, and they had a 14-point lead and never looked back. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, and maybe that's uh, certainly one difference you can point to, uh, at least in terms of this game versus the Phoenix game, is that foul trouble from Nikola Jokic. He got into foul trouble in the the second half there against Phoenix, uh, and that really was when they the Suns were able to make a run um, and kind of put together a, a lead that, that the Nuggets eventually would be able to come back from, but obviously not be able to overcome. Tonight, Jokic gets into that foul trouble in the second quarter. He picks up that second foul. Uh, he kind of wanted to stay in, and or no, sorry, not the second foul. I picked up the third foul. He picked the he, third he, foul in the second, yeah. Yeah, and he and he wanted to stay in. You could tell, but Malone didn't let him. And you're right, he did kind of stay conservative there in the third. But then put together, he had like a run where he had like three assists and three rebounds, like uh, directly three rebound defensive rebounds led to three of his assists. Um, on the other end of the court, and that's a, he pretty much just uh, wrapped up a triple double in about all of about like thirty seconds. It's felt like they're in that fourth quarter, and that was the run that pretty much put away the game. That that was certainly a huge, I think, difference uh, for them. It was just having Jokic for for the full the full basic. You know, I mean, what, what did he play? He played thirty two minutes, so maybe not quite as many as he would normally play. Considering he, I know he did play deep into that fourth quarter, but uh, you know, he's he's been a guy who's who's obviously been the biggest bright spot for the team so far. But against Phoenix. There was, even though he still ended up with a rebound shy of a triple double, uh, he he that foul trouble, like I said, really kind of hurt them. Whereas that was not the case tonight. He's been more or less, though I think, the one constant uh, for this team. The other the other difference uh, or or continuing improvement that I think we're seeing uh, day over day is with Jamal Murray as well, right? He scores thirty six points tonight on twenty yeah. shots. He pretty much dominated. Uh, that first quarter and kept the Nuggets in the game. He single-handedly uh, kept them in the game. I mean, without Jamal Murray, they would have been down a bunch. Um, right. And Jamal just fired off from everywhere. He got to the foul line early in the game, which was really nice. Um, and then just started hitting shots, you know, the whole rest of the time. So, right. Um, and Jamal think... came to play tonight. And when, when Jokic and Jamal come to play, really, they only need a little bit from everybody else to make this work. Yeah, exactly, and and that that's kind of what they got. I mean, you know, you get twelve points from Paul Millsap. He had some him and him him and Jermichael Green. I thought you know they they filled their roles uh, perfectly. Obviously, Facundo Campazzo had the big run there in the fourth quarter. He was the recipient to a lot of those Jokic assists there in that uh, that fourth quarter run. Um, you know, Monty Morris was solid. PJ Dozier was solid, but nobody was really there. Was nobody outside of those two guys who was like really. Um, kind of, a, you know, blowing you away. But they, they were all hitting timely shots, which was they were knocking down the open shots that were getting set up either by Jokic orchestrating the offense or the the Timberwolves being so focused on Jamal Murray that, you know, they're trying to double-team him and, and he's right. getting Right, and I would say, I would say Kapaza actually played really well as shooting guard, which was not something I was expecting to say in week two of the season. Right. You know, but he, he was blasting down threes when he hit like five tonight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, got some good energy steals. Um, I, I don't know that I particularly like him trying to front a guy in the paint who's like <laughs> yeah, eight inches little, taller than him. There's a little too much Nas read on uh, uh, Facundo Campazzo on this one. Yeah, that's, that's I don't. I'm not like not liking that rotation, but I, I do. I do get it. And and like you said, PJ Dozier hit hit a nice three there at the end. And um, uh, PJ PJ's had a really nice solid you know week week and a half. Right. Um, I, I know some people are a little higher on him um, for that than I am, but for a guy who's having to bounce between a bunch of different positions and a bunch of different roles. Yeah, guy's playing power forward right now. A guard yeah. is playing power forward. Yeah, off the bench, he's the four. You yeah. know, like, it, I, you're doing fine, PJ. Just keep keep figuring it out. Like, my hope is eventually you're going to be the two. Like, it, you know, defensive two that can, you know, orchestrate the offense and – um you know, play some defense and, you know, can defend one, two, and potentially three. Like, that's right. great. I, you love having that guy. I don't think he's there yet, but um, he's he's certainly showing that 
Um, he's definitely on on the growth curve up, which unfortunately Gary Harris is not showing. No, yeah, Gary Harris is uh, flatlining. It's, it's just a shot, man. Like, and the problem that is happening is that when his shot goes, um, he gets skittish. Yeah. Um, and but it seems to be affecting him even more now. Like, uh, even defensively, uh, he's not locked in the way I would expect him to be if his offensive shot isn't falling. So, Gary's yeah, no, just just struggling right now. The Nuggets. I mean, it's not all. It's not on Gary Harris. Uh, all on himself, but the Nuggets haven't really stopped anybody in terms of uh, perimeter threats right now. Like I, you know, whether it's been Buddy Heald and, and De'Aaron Fox with the Kings, uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Who I mean, obviously Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are really good. So, uh, but they there was they had a big game against them um, with the Clippers. You know, I mean Devin Booker, uh, Chris Paul had a lot of points against this team. Um, there is basically every team that they've played and they've played a lot of now, now, I mean, to, to the credit of their opposition, the Nuggets have played a lot of teams with really good backcourts, but they, they have not been able to slow down any of them. I mean, even against the Rockets, you know, uh, James Harden, who obviously is going to do, I mean, he's James Harden, do, but yeah. yeah, but like, but again, I mean, they, he was the only thing the Rockets had going, uh, in that game. So it's. They, they've not – Gary Harris, whereas, you know, I think last year, you know, we were all talking about, you know, him being a, a first-team all-NBA defender type kind of guy, and that sort of made up for the fact that his shot wasn't really falling. That, that's not been the case um, this time around. Like, the, the guards that the Nuggets are going up against are, are getting their points. It was the same thing against uh, the Timberwolves. I mean, it wasn't – it wasn't Nas Reed and, uh, I mean, well, I guess Jared Culver did kind of uh, hurt them a bit. But, it, you know, I mean, Malik Beasley uh, was not slowed down. D'Angelo Russell was not slowed down. Jared Culver, no. these guys they were not slowed down by Gary Harris no. whatsoever And, and again, the weird – I mean, team defense is team defense. I get it. Um, and right now the Nuggets aren't playing good team defense, as Malone would no doubt be the first to, to you know, admit right. or, like, lecture on. Um, and if this whole season has been weird for everybody who restarted from the bubble. Like, there's been so many odd performances of some nights teams are just getting demolished. You know, I right. like you. I mean, I know Steph is Steph, but Steph had 62 points tonight. Like, you had Zach Levine go off for like 29 in the first half tonight. Guards are just going off because teams are not teams don't have their sea legs under them. The Nuggets yeah, I mean, are not alone in this. Like the 76ers are playing good defense, but for the most part, there are not a lot of teams that that you look at and you're like, "Wow, yeah, their defense is all on point right now." It's not. It's it, a lot of guys are are hitting shots and a lot of team defense is one pass and the team defense falls apart. So I I get that it's not all Gary Harris, but it would be nice if we could make them make that one pass. Right. Like right now the other teams haven't really had to do that either. Right. I was going to say, I think there's also something that I think is carrying over from the bubble that we're seeing is when there's no crowds, that that certainly has an impact on uh, the shooting. And and guys, it's kind of like shooting in a gym a lot more than shooting in in an arena, you know. So uh, these guys tend to be a little bit um, a little bit more uh, accurate with their with their three-point shooting in particular. Well, yeah, so. The thing is, we didn't have all 30 teams there last time, and now you have all right. 30 playing right. in basically the bubble, which means no fans, you know, um, you you have no distractions. Uh, they, they do have you have stuff around town, but a lot of stuff isn't open. Like, you aren't going out, and team people that try to go out are getting fined or, you know, other, other, otherwise, you know, sitting on the bench for a minute. Now the health and safety protocol. Yeah, uh, as someone may have been from the Nuggets, <laughs> uh, MPJ. Uh. So uh, the the thing is, like, if all you're doing is basketball and you're doing it in a gym, you're going to look amazing. If you've ever seen any of these guys do practice, you can't figure out why everyone's not scoring 300 points a game. Right. Like, it is insane how good they are in an, in an empty gym. So watching them now play basically scrimmages – you know, I, I think some teams are taking time to get up to speed. You know, you um, – the Nuggets haven't played – haven't made people take shots from easy places. They've made them take shots from harder places. And the teams have hit all those shots. Right. Like, if you look at the, the breakdown of, like, expected field goal percentage versus actual 
like the Nuggets have been doing good. Like they 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 actually make people take shots from places that you would want them to take them, but the defense isn't close enough. Like they're not challenging them, so those guys are taking open shots from tougher places and just swishing them. It's going to be a weird year for that. People are just going to have to buckle up. It's very much like the bubble, where you're going to see a lot of individual performances that look pretty special, but aren't as special in in context. Right. Yep. Exactly. And that's. Um, it's easy to get carried away, uh, with these things in particular, just, just same thing with the record. I mean, the Nuggets are now two and four. Uh, it's not been a good week for them up until this Minnesota game, but at the same time, like it's, it's so they're, they're two games back of being in first place. Yes. So, you know, like, okay, so, the thing is overreactions in week one always make me laugh. If there was a four game losing streak or whatever, if, if the Denver went one in four in February, You'd be like, well, this sucks. They seem a little tired. Right. You know, a little discombobulated. Like, you know, but when you do it to start a season, all of a sudden the Nuggets are going to miss the playoffs and right. all yep. sorts of nonsense that is not going to happen. Like, calm, yep. but breathe a little. Like, it's it's okay. They just slumped early. They'll get over it. Yeah, and, and you would, particularly after the win tonight, like, you would, you'd probably feel a lot different, too, if they're 3-3 three and three right now, you know, which they're, yeah. they're a buddy-heeled tip-in. Uh, at the buzzer, away from that being uh, a reality, and you know, also, I mean, the Phoenix game—they were right there at the end too. You, you swing those yes. two games. There are a couple of buckets from being like from being tied for first with Utah in the in yeah. the division. So you know, yeah, it's, even playing crappy, even playing like not right, not right, up yeah, to the not, not up to their standards. Exactly, even not being able to defend anybody, and uh, you know, Gary Harris and, and Will Barton uh, basically being no shows. Yep. Uh, for for their. No, and that's what's that's what's general. tough right now. It really feels like um, February of last year or so when Barton and, and Gary Harris were both out with injuries and the Nuggets right. are trying to find guys off the bench to like perform like Barton and Harris are healthy, but it still feels like that. It still feels like they're not getting what they should be getting from that position, from those positions. Yeah. And um, especially I think with Michael Porter Jr. out, like because you had it there, right? Like yeah. that guy is uh, was averaging right around 20 points a game for you. Um, and now he's, now he's out. And so Will Barton's starting and he's just, I mean, what was, what was Will tonight? He, it wasn't good. Three of 11 for eight points, you know, so he, he's not giving you anything. Uh, Will, Gary Harris was one of eight continuing just, it's just been a, a really, really tough, uh, go at shooting to start the year. And it's just, you know, there's, it, there's just nothing there. It feels like outside of Jokic and Murray right now, because Porter is on, uh, you know, is in the, the health and safety protocol right now. So, like, this this team, they're going to have to figure out how they're going to come up with um, ways to get supporting efforts like they did tonight, at least until, you know, and, and actually even after Porter comes back, because you can't expect this guy to get, uh, to get them something every night. Like, you know, he's going to have off nights as well. So, like, who's going to be right now? I think that's maybe the biggest question. Uh, and this is how we can wrap up the first half of the show is, you know, kind of what, when I look at now, what's the biggest issue facing this team? This is, this is, I asked the same question, uh, last week and I said, it was like, basically, you know, their perimeter defense sucks uh, and they can't, they they can't keep anybody off the glass. I, I think you can fine tune it down right now to like the biggest issue facing them is, is that Will Martin and Gary Harris are just like, it, it's crazy to say because these guys were really expected to be part of your core, but like. They're just not it. Like there's they're 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 one of those guys. I really feel like there's like one at least one of those guys uh, they're gonna have to move on from before this season is done because they Michael Porter Jr. is clearly their best option uh, at small forward and they're getting nothing from either one of those guys. So do they move? You know, do do you move Will Barton and then start PJ Dozier and bring Gary Harris off the, off the bench or something like that? Like I could see that being the type of move that they have to make uh, just because. Right now, I mean, they're getting, they're getting nothing, and it's hard. What you can't do, it's going to be really hard. Okay, so Michael Porter Jr. comes back, you can make him the starter, sure. But you, how are you going to tell Will Barton, hey, you know what, we're going to bench Gary because he's not been shooting it well, but oh, we're not going to start you either. Uh, we're going to start, you know, PJ Dozier or well, yeah, but I, the, the thing Monty is, right Morris now, or whoever. Yeah, but like right now, the Nuggets. It's very hard for Will Barton or Gary Harris to say crap about what the Nuggets have to do to make it work. Like, y'all aren't proven anything on the court. Like, we don't have anything that's working for everyone yet. So uh, you can't make big changes. I mean, there's no reason to, like, throw half your rotation out or anything. 
But uh, what I like tonight, you know, you and I talked about it before the the podcast, was that they started making sure that, you know, you had either Jamal Murray or Nicole Jokic on the court all the time. I've wanted them to do right. that forever. Like, that's been my <laughs> – I've been harping on that for, I don't know, what is this, since like 2018? Like <laughs> – like it just makes sure you always have one of those guys out there. If they're your two best players and you can't rely on your bench to be consistent, then you need to stagger them so that one of them is always out there. And it's even more crucial when you have MPJ back because he doesn't necessarily play well next to both of them all the time. But if you can get him going with him playing next to Jokic without Murray, you know, and then at right. the end of the game when they're playing together, they're all in the flow. They all understand you're all in the game flow. What you don't want to do, in my opinion, is make sure that you get, you know, Jamal and Jokic all their minutes together. And then MPJ plays a bunch with the bench and isn't used to playing with them. They're not used to playing with him. This is that whole you're going to have to make this work over the course of their careers. Make it work now by facilitating some different matchups. And then you can um, – because Michael Porter Jr., when he played without Jamal Murray, put up 30 and 10. Right. You know, now he played 40 freaking minutes, but, like, you know, because Malone couldn't take him out because they didn't have anybody else. Right. But, you know, Jamal Murray without without MPJ also puts up 30-plus points, you know, tonight. Yeah, so and, those last, guys, uh, and last game too. Yeah, and last game. Like, Jamal Murray can score. Michael Porter Jr. can score. Can they score together? I don't know. But you can set your lineup up that they don't have to, but that you always have two of your three best players on the court, really. You can right. make that happen. And the fact that that Denver's trying to roll a whole full bench out there with no practice time for that bench hasn't worked. Um, but Composo was good tonight, but again, he wasn't really on ball. Composo was, you know, playing shooting guard, right. going to the corner, going to like, you know, take spot up threes. And that's fine, but that, that doesn't solve the bench creation problem that you run into when both Jokic and Murray are sitting. So to fix that, make sure the bench doesn't have to play without one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, um, like, like you said, I mean, that that was, I think, the biggest key uh, tonight to the victory because it got them in trouble. They they played without Jokic and Murray for just a couple minutes there in the first quarter, yep. and that's when Minnesota went on their run uh, yep. in the first and then from there on out, they they had them one of those two guys in there, and it, it, sometimes it was a little bit clunky with Murray in there, uh, but but he was you know he was good enough tonight where he could at least every you know third possession get himself a bucket. Yes, and he that kept would the production up. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and stop any sort of run that uh, Minnesota might be putting together, and yeah. that was enough to get them through until uh, until Jokic came back, and Michael Porter Jr. can do. Uh, that similar thing, but yeah, you're right. The, we, what we haven't seen is so. Can you make it? Can you get Jokic rest and be okay with having Porter Jr. and and Murray out there? I'd like to think yes that they'll get that figured out. Those two guys uh, and working together because um, you're right. If you can keep two of the three on the court at all time, uh, it's it's really hard to see how teams are going to you keep Denver off the scoreboard, which is what they're doing right now when. When Jokic and Murray are on the bench, um, you know, you're relying on what we saw kind of in that Phoenix game, relying on like Will Barton to be your your creator and your scorer. And it just uh, it just it's, it's, it's just, just not, not there working. yet. And it doesn't yeah. mean that it won't be there later. But while right. it's not there, you you can't you can't put the whole bench weight on Barton, who's uh, he's missing at the the hoop. Like he or even Monty like, Morris, who's been good. Like, Monty's I mean, Monty been Morris terrific. Been playing well, yeah, but but he's not a he's not a good. I mean, he's scoring um, as much as you can probably ask him to score, and it's still Correct. just like you know that's just not his game. Uh, so he's yeah he's he's probably averaging double digits this year, but um, that's probably about as much as you can ask out of Monty, and it's still not really enough. And you're not going to get 15 points out of Composo uh, like you did tonight uh, every right. night. That's not going to be his his deal ever or either. So that's why, yeah, you've got to, you've got to keep these, these Murray, Murray or Jokic or, or even Porter, you know, these guys have got to be in, um, in there in combinations. To give and in there to score too, like not just in the game, like they have to be in there to run it. Cause the problem right. that the Nuggets have is that, you know, you're, you're trying to make your lineup up and you're like, look, I've, I've got my, my best player, my second best player, my third best player. If we say that, that, you know, it's pretty clear that Jokic, Murray MPJ is one, two, three, right? 
Right. Yep. Uh, four is not like right below three. Ooh, it's, to, yeah, no, it's it's way below. It's three. like one, two, three, and then a chasm, <laughs> and then a cliff, and then a waterfall, and then you get to four. Like that's that. Oh, and that's that's not even not fair because four is Monte, and he's been okay. Is it okay? Because that was gonna say, that's a good debate. I don't know if it is Monte. I would. I might go Paul Millsap right now, like as your uh, Millsap's also as, been good, uh, but yeah. you, you know, in limited minutes, Millsap's been good. Yeah, he's knocking down. They're both knocking down the shots. You're yeah, right. they're hitting. They're they hitting the shots to... they have to hit, man. Like that's really the whole point of the the team is no one else is hitting the shots they need to hit. They're getting open shots, and it's just clank, clankety clank. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dozier even as as he's kind of struggled uh, with his shots. Well, Jermichael Green, we just haven't seen enough, but he's been promising. Like I'd say that he's um, he's looked pretty good. Uh, shooting the ball so far in his first couple games back. So yeah, got some... but the, the thing is the Nuggets also, for whatever reason, are still playing really slow. Yeah. Like, they're trying, though. I mean, I, they, they're, they're making they're more of an effort. They're just chucking threes. Like, that's not yeah. fast. Yeah. They're, I, I mean, I do see them. I, I, I see – here's the thing is I see I see Jokic and Murray trying to do it and not too many else. Yes. And that's – and other than, you know, on occasion Gary Harris, yeah, he's looking – Gary Harris is trying to leak out for the, for the touchdown pass, right, from Jokic. But – um, other than that, like I see, I see Jokic and Murray push, trying to push the pace, trying to push the ball. Jokic, like to to his credit, Jokic trying to push the ball every single time. Like he get whether he's they always, make the shot, whether the, he gets it a rebound, like it doesn't matter. He's trying to throw the ball off the court. No, completely agree. But it's it's this. They still haven't ironed out all those details, and I feel like those details will help Gary Harris and Will Barton like get comfortable and find their role. But both right. guys seem ill-fitting right now, and that causes problems for Denver when your fourth-best player is Monty Morris, who should be directing the offense, not not like forcing it. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Or Millsap, don't, even. Like, Millsap, don't you don't want him shooting like 15 times a game. You want Millsap shooting. No, Millsap so that's numbers. perfect. Like, yeah, seven shots, all of yeah. the threes. <laughs> perfect. Right. That's like, what that's, you want. And like, you're exactly not asking it. him to do like a bunch of crap. You want him to shoot eight field goals a game. Yep, all of them threes. They'll go. Yeah, because well, apparently eight or four for eight. And... I don't know when that happened, but you know now Millsap is like, "Yep, of course I'm a I'm a three point shooting demon. It's no problem." Because again, <laughs> I'm in an empty gym, and maybe that's right, the difference. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. He's got that. He's got the 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 straight on three too. It's a, yep. like you know, usually guys develop the corner three, but he's <laughs> he's checking the one from thirty feet out. So, um, yeah, I uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how they can um, if they can continue to. Uh, find a way to get some of these guys integrated, uh, like like a Gary Harris. I don't know what to do with Gary Harris because uh, he, I mean, he 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 just can't shoot, and it's it's killing you. It's killing you in terms of uh, in terms of your your scoring right now. And in, in I, I mean, like, I just don't know. Like he, it's it's worse than what Torrey Craig was. Uh, and, and teams will just let Torrey Craig shoot it. Like if I'm a, if I'm the opposition right now, like like I'm praying, like yeah, let Gary Harris shoot a three. Well, and the thing is, Gary needs to cut. Like Gary, Gary gets right. half of his offense, you know, from back cuts, you know, cutting to the rim, like moving without the ball. But who would ever let him do that when you're like, nah, man, I'm gonna leave you open. Go ahead, make yep. that three. Because he's made what? He's like three of twenty four or something. something you know, as bad. of this game. Yeah. Like, it's just awful. It's been awful. And it's, again, small sample size and whatever, you know, but it, it continues his pattern of being a really poor, occasionally streaky shooter from three, which has been going on for a couple of years now. Right. And that's that's not helpful to Denver. Like you said, it messes up spacing on the floor when he can't hit the open shots that he's given. And so, you know, the Nuggets are going to have to iron that out at some point or put in someone like P.J. Dozier who will hit that shot in that position. Right. Who? Yeah. Who at least, or at least make the defense respect the shot. Like yeah. 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 Keep the spacing. They're like, well, he actually might hit that. I have to go cover him because right now I, I'm with you. I don't know why you would cover Gary Harris on a three. He's just not making them. Yep. All right. Tell you what, we will go ahead and take a break, and then when we get back. Nuggets, like I said, got four games coming up uh, in the upcoming weeks. So we will go ahead and preview those. So stick with us, and we will be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. 
Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on. Or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. And Gordon Gross coming to you guys from the well from our homes. I guess there's no live from the recording. I was say, why, yeah, live or... from my own house. <laughs> right. There's there's no glamour uh, here in this in the, in the in podcasting biz. Yeah, no, it's just... <laughs> it's a dirty, dirty business. Um. Anyways, uh, we spent the first half of our show talking about the Nuggets winning a game finally against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Getting them back on track. They're now 2-4. and four. They have four games upcoming this week. I don't think we'll get to every team that they will play. So we'll probably go ahead and just drop the New York Knicks off the slate. Tune in to next week's podcast when we'll be reacting to... The loss. Not, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully not a loss <laughs> uh, to the Knicks. It is in New York. Um, ooh. Ooh. How does this work? What's the... They might be... Because they got Brooklyn. So... How how many days are they spending in New York? Yep. Well, and again, Philly's right up the street, so you don't have a lot of travel there. Yeah, they probably take the train. Yep. Oh, they go to Philly first, so maybe not. They'll probably yeah. Uh, uh, well, mm. fingers crossed, man. We'll take one and two. <laughs> no, okay, it's perfect. Yep. No, it's, so it's perfect. It's because it's a back to back. So they they play at Philly and then they're back to back at New at the Knicks the next night. So they'll probably be all right against the Knicks. It's that 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 game Tuesday. Yep. Against Brooklyn after they've you know they've had two days in New York. Ugh, that one's gonna That'll be, be the rough one, my friend. Rough one. I suppose you can't go anywhere in New York right now, so maybe that'll maybe that'll help it. Out. Anyways, um, let's uh let's dial it back here for uh for a bit though. It's gonna start out the week with Minnesota. What what adjustments would you make, Gordon, in the or now second matchup with the Timberwolves? Uh, attack the rim more. Like I, it was really weird to me that the Nuggets were just out chucking threes the whole time, when there's no shot blocker in the paint, and the Wolves, until this game, were like the worst in the league at stopping paint points. Is there some yeah. reason you're not going in there to kill them? Like I understand that Jokic got into early foul trouble. I I hear that, but I still don't understand why there wasn't a concerted effort to just take it to the hoop. Um, and so I would expect the Nuggets to do that next time. They, uh, they have no one to who can really do that. I mean, let's let's be. There was that Monty Morris had that one like really sweet. Um, he did. He did. He left. He left. I can't. Who, I can't remember who's defending him. Um, but he left one dude. Yep. In his in his dust there with the uh with the behind the back crossover that was absolutely nice. yeah no that, that was that was Monty. Monty showing up a little quickness he was like no nah, I got quick still. Right. Um, um, and this is this is honestly where you miss somebody like MPJ, even though MPJ is terrible at lobs. Like for yeah. some reason, he just cannot catch lob passes. Nobody can throw it either. And that's like, also true. They they are terrible at. I don't know why he's six ten. It's how hard is it to be like the rim is right there. Just throw it close and it'll be fine. Right. It seems like every time the Nuggets toss a lob, uh, that they 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 like throw it to where they should have thrown it. You know, a second ago. Right. Like they're always it's, one it's, second it's, behind. Or they bounce it off the rim, or you know, right. whatever. I'm like, guys. Like Jokic did that tonight. He he tried to pass a ball underneath the hoop and then bounced it off the hoop. 
And I'm like, right. what the? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, they um, they're they got to still work on those. There's no, there's no Andre Miller here anymore. No, to, uh, the yeah, the the definitely the wild passing is not a forte of the Nuggets, unfortunately. But <laughs> uh, you know, MPJ at six ten can finish at the hoop a lot easier than a lot of Denver's like you know oh, five Barton, ten I mean, six two. You know, Will Barton actually shot it uh, decently well from three point. Uh, tonight, but he he was just abysmal anytime he was trying to finish at the rim, which is weird because Will's usually a pretty good finisher. He's usually, yeah, he's usually good at the paint. I mean, he, usually he makes it too hard, but right. like they didn't have anybody even there to make it too hard on him. He just he wasn't hitting. Right. Like I said, I, it still feels like those like this. Just there's just a missing. The timing's not right. So Denver's not not doing a good job of you know attacking the the rim with purpose. They get there and then they're like, oh shit, I'm under the rim. What should I do? Like, I, I'm hoping for this next matchup with the Timberwolves, they can iron that out. If there's any team you can practice against in the paint, it would be the Timberwolves. Right. Feel free to do that. And I would, uh, you know, I thought I noticed that too. And tonight, one guy who, Jokic did that a lot. Now, granted, I mean, he still ends up with 12 assists, so like, whatever. And like, and that's why the Nuggets knocked down, I think, a lot of threes. But like, there were a couple of times where I was like, man, like, Nasri is like 6'9". Like, yep. you, you're already, like, three feet from the basket right now with the ball in your hands. Just, like, just just do your little baby hook right over him, and it's, you know, it's fine. Like, you'll, you'll score 30 points if you want. So, that that's something I would like to see him do more is, like, like I get, I get you know, using Jokic the way they've been using Jokic this season. And who's to, who's to disagree with the uh, the numbers he's putting up? But, like, that, that's he's something I'd like to see. Total rebounds from, like, six straight triple doubles. I can complain about nothing about Jokic. <laughs> right. Other than, like, when you're right by the basket, maybe don't throw it 23 feet away. Right. PJ just, Dozier doesn't need to, to shoot that that kick out three. It's fine. Well, and that's the thing like, is he's throwing it out to guys, and I'm like, I, you're better. You're right there. It's right there, though. Right, and that. So, I mean, if I were gonna say there's one adjustment I'd like to see them make uh, against Minnesota is maybe like like let's try and emphasize Jokic on the low block. Uh, a little bit more, which like I, like I said, I get like how why you don't always emphasize Jokic on the low block, but um, he's he's a beast down there, and there's just nobody on uh, on Minnesota's team whatsoever that's got no one can stop him. If he yeah, wants it, no one can stop him, and he's been really good actually this year at balancing, like you know, getting his versus making sure everybody else gets theirs. Right. He's done a good job of both. I, I've been happy for that. But even so, there are some games where just take yours. It's fine. Yeah, it's right. right there. Like, yeah, Minnesota's a team that's like, yeah, okay. Like, like again, yeah, nobody's going to complain. I mean, he gets a triple-double. But, like, 19 points, you're like, you know, like, you should score 30 against that team. Right. Um, because they have nobody And, again, nobody he got the early foul me. trouble, and so he started playing right. cautious. He yeah. didn't want any offensive fouls. Yeah, exactly. He didn't go exactly. at anybody. Exactly. So, uh, hopefully he can, he can maybe stay out of foul trouble there. I can't even remember how he got because I know it was too – it was two quick ones early in the in the first quarter that got him, and then he got that one in the third again. Yep. Um, the third was the screening foul, which was yeah, yeah. He 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 had a moving screen that he got hit with. Right, yeah, because he didn't he didn't set his feet against D'Angelo Russell, but yep. um, yeah, he's just got to figure out how to just you know maybe just if he again if he can keep out. That's what I wrote about in the preview, uh, and it, it worked out just fine. But like yeah, if he just stays out of foul trouble, and Nas Reed can be kind of a guy who can get you into a little bit of foul trouble because he's like sure. an energetic dude. He's gonna run around. He's gonna be scrappy. He's yeah, gonna, put his hands. Yeah, he'll put his arms out, and you'll you'll run into right. him. And yep, exactly. So, um, but you got to figure out a way to, to to do that. And if you can, yeah, like I wouldn't. I would just yet let Jokic eat uh, in this in this next game too, because you know they're gonna they're gonna obviously focus a lot on on Jamal Murray and like uh, how do they stop him? Which I don't. I I well, they'll probably put Jarrett Culver on him. I, they started doing that towards the end of the game uh, here tonight. Like I could see them putting Jarrett Culver on. On, on Gary Harris and just letting, you know, D'Angelo Russell cover Gary Harris because uh, – what did I just say? Yeah, you mean Murray on the first one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't need two people covering Gary Harris. They could probably go with zero people covering Gary Harris and be okay, so. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, exactly. You could probably put uh, Culver on Jamal Murray and you're, you'll be fine with D'Angelo Russell on Gary Harris because – Right, right. Uh, no worries. You're, you're not. You yeah. know, and again, I'm hoping that that gets that that gets you know the competitor in Gary started when people start like putting really iffy random people who should not be able to stop him on him and being like, yeah, right. but you you aren't doing anything. Right. Exactly. Uh, when he starts getting defended pretty much exclusively by point guards, uh, then he'll know. Yeah. Pretty much. Yep. 
So, uh, all right. Uh, I think we've spent enough time on uh, on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Let's look ahead now to, to I think, two pretty tough opponents Denver is going to face this week. They'll have one home before they get uh, on a three-game road trip, East Coast road trip after that home game first, though, on Thursday with the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic out uh, right now with, I think it was a quad contusion, so he's got a bruise. Somebody probably need him in this quad, and that's... Okay. Yep. Uh, it hurts. I'm, I'm with you. Um, and I he did not play tonight, and they're not they haven't said yet whether he'll play tomorrow. But I would assume he wouldn't, and then maybe uh he would be ready to go for the Nuggets game. What do you where do you where are you at with this Mavericks team right now? Like, uh, is it, do you think is Luka Doncic like uh a better you know because they're two and four they're they're just like the the uh the Nuggets. Um, do you see Luka as like? Is he is he going to live up? You think this year? So there's a lot of hype around him being like an MVP candidate. Um, there's not a lot of hype around Jokic being an MVP candidate. And Jokic is the one putting up the MVP numbers right now. Like, do you see him as like a guy though that is ready to make the leap this season from going from okay uh, a guy who can maybe get your your team into the playoffs versus a guy who's going to get you uh, a top seed in the playoffs and be an MVP caliber kind of guy. I don't think his team's there yet, honestly. Like, I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> the biggest problem with, with MVP voting is that Wins. like, your team has to be there before you get the votes. Like, It's very hard to be an MVP on a crappy team. Yep. Um, so, so you, I mean, Russell Westbrook got the MVP when he a- averaged the triple-double. He averaged triple-double. People, people um, looked at the stat line, and they were like, OMG, that hasn't happened in 50 years or whatever. Like Oscar Robertson, right, yeah. And, so, yeah. and so they gave it to him, even though his team was a six seed. But, like, outside of that, like, you're generally a top two seed, maybe a three seed. Right. Um, and if you're the uh, three seed, it's because somebody else went down injured, and you just lifted the whole team on your right, back yeah, and yeah, carried you them. Had, like, an amazing year, yeah. You know, and, and again, uh, it's not that Doncic can't do that. Doncic is a is an amazing player when he was drafted um talking in the in the in the um stiff chat was if you could get the like the number one pick for Luka Doncic would you trade Nikola Jokic like uh, Adam and I especially were incredibly high on Doncic and there was some you know yes some would yes and some were no but that guy is terrific um and he doesn't have the trying to do it at center problem that Jokic has Right. Um, so it's easier to build a team with someone like Doncic, I I believe. Whereas as Jokic takes a very special mix that the Nuggets are still trying to get right, but I don't think they have the mix there on, on Doncic either yet. Um, and I don't I don't expect his team to go on a sixty win pace or something. Um, which would be what I mean that's that's what got, you know, Giannis was his his regular season success has been, like unbelievably huge. Right. Um. And and I don't I don't know that that Luca is quite there yet, especially in the West. It's easier for teams in the East to do that nonsense. Yeah, right. It's easy for Giannis to to rack up wins uh, in the East now that LeBron is uh, with the Lakers. There's there's not really anybody else uh, close to his caliber in in the East yet. I mean, Jason Tatum maybe is on his way, but. Uh, and, you know what I mean? Jimmy Butler does what Jimmy Butler does, but not necessarily right. in the regular season. Jimmy in the yeah, regular season exactly. is always like, he always shows up for the last five minutes of the game. He's like, right. okay, so now that it's crunch time, I'm going to demolish some people. But, you know, Jimmy has his, his moments off early because he, he plays hard, man. You know, you can't play like that for an entire 82. So Jimmy's Jimmy's like a 16-game player. But Giannis, Giannis is a killer, and like you said, there's nobody in the – it's not just that there's no offensive players to match up with him. There aren't a lot of guys that can stop Giannis, but there are almost none of them in the East. Yeah, exactly. There's there's um, there's a a dearth of of big uh, big athletic wing type guys uh, yeah. out there now in the East. Ever since you know now Kawhi's uh, back in the West, and LeBron, like I said, is over in the West now. Paul George is over in the West, so all those kind of guys have moved over to this conference now, and there's not. Giannis is sort of like the last guy standing of that of that kind of breed over there, and he just kind of kind of dominates. Um, bringing it back though to Luka Doncic, who's who the Nuggets actually play this week. Um, I'm with you in that the Mavericks like I, I'm like just not like a big believer in Chris uh, Stapp's Porzingis, who is uh, hurt right now. I think is is the case, right? He's still coming Isn't back. Isn't he from, always hurt? 
I'm yeah, he, sure. I mean, I mean, right. That's so that that's the assumption that I'm making is that that he is hurt right now because you know I know he's not been playing. Um, so I assume you know right now a lot of people think well like maybe it's because of uh, a COVID thing, but uh, I would just assume since it's Kristaps Porzingis that he is still recovering from some sort of he got hurt last year. I don't even remember what it was. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. So like that that's supposed to be your number two kind of guy. Uh, around your uh, your superstar is is Kristaps Porzingis, who's good when he's been healthy, but he ha- feels like he hasn't been healthy since like 2015, which is probably like the year he was drafted or something like that. Well, he, like he, that. he had he had his stretch. Well, again, when he's next to Doncic and they're both healthy, that's great. Right. <clears throat> you know, but otherwise, who are you running out there? Yeah, you know, they've got they've got Hardaway like Jr. you you can't yeah. have Boban out there like doing anything like come on. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> There's you know I mean Jalen Brunson like he had a big night uh, tonight in in Doncic's absence and I like Jalen Brunson I think he's good you know he's a solid like point guard and, and I think he's one of the guys that that really made it easy for them to to kind of go away from a guy like a Seth Curry who I thought was uh, who I think is still kind of really just one of the more underrated. Uh, underrated players in right. the NBA, but like, there's nobody, there's nobody on that Dallas. They're team not complimentary that really, like, guys, man. Out. Yeah, exactly. There's no like, like I mean, Josh Richardson is a good piece? player. I don't, I don't mind Josh, but like, right. you know, Jimmy Junior shoots a lot. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, the, the, but these are all like these are all complimentary players where you're like, look, I just need you to do one thing. <clears throat> um, but they don't, they don't have. I wouldn't say that that they are. Um, set up to even provide what Denver provides because Denver's at least got Murray and MPJ to roll out there, and then you're trying to make Denver's work figured that. out. Denver's figured out who their third is, and right. for the most part, their guys have been healthy. Like, yeah, obviously MPJ um, had the injury concerns coming in, but he's been since he's you know since he was sat out his rookie season, like or what wasn't even his rookie season, but since he redshirted his first year, like he's been. He's been healthy, like he, he had, had a sprained game of ankle and turned an ankle. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and now he's got some, um, <clears throat> some some health and safety protocol shortage issues. of wisdom. He yeah. has a shortage. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it is what it is there. But yeah, like I mean, it feels like you know, Denver has has their three, uh, their three main guys, and not only that, but like they like they have their like really well thought out core pieces around them that are that are kind of in a little bit of flux right now because what we've been talking about like Will Barton and Gary Harris were sort of supposed to be two of those pieces that they had figured out uh, and now maybe like uh, they're unfiguring out yeah right yeah exactly but like they, they've, they've had this group they had this core together um, that they know what they're building with the Mavericks like you know and they haven't had Doncic as long as or they you know they have not had Doncic as long as the Nuggets have had Jokic so there's right. Uh, there's that part of it, but like they're they're still in that phase, all right? Of okay, like well, what are the right pieces to put around Doncic? Because even like you said, even though he is uh, a little bit different in that he's you know he's a small forward, which is probably a little bit easier to build around. Like he's still a pretty unique style player himself too, and like you yes. got to find the right style mix of guys to go with him. And I'm just not sure, you know, Kristaps Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, and and Jalen Brunson, like these guys, I'm just not sure if that's like the right mix. Of of guys, and, I, and, I don't think their, their I don't think they're is, get the MVP. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and their bench is also like just, I mean, there's not a lot to like there at the bench. Like Boban is is fun, and he kills the Nuggets every time uh, they play him. So I'm sure I he'll would have like him just so he would stop killing the Nuggets, really. Like, <laughs> and for so he could hang out with Jokic. Like those are the two things that I wanted. Right, right. Uh, but there's, <laughs> there's just not a lot to uh, not a lot to like. I think there uh, in terms of their. Their bench. There's a lot, well, a lot get, of like journeyman guys who are just kind of you know, um, this is the, the Mavericks are just the next stop. Like really, like Trey Burke, Willie yeah. Holly Stein, like these well, yeah, but guys. The Mavs, are, the Mavs, dude, were holding up. Like they were, they were waiting to see if they could get somebody big in free agency this coming year. Right. You know, and it looks like they might not be able to do that. Right. Yeah, so it'll be an interesting so, season. You I, know, Kristaps is fine. Like, it, I like that his rebounding increase because my problem with Kristaps has always been that I dislike a seven foot three guy who can't rebound. Right. <laughs> yep. But he worked I, uh... on that. Like, he got he was better with the Mavs. They used him better. But yeah, it's still an issue, and they need that third guy, and they don't have it. 
Yeah, they're not the third guy um, at all. Like they're they're just not close to finding that guy. Um, all right, let's move to the next team on the docket, who is not two and four, is actually doing quite well uh, so far over there in the East. Perhaps a team who will challenge Giannis in his uh, his reign out there um, in the East, and that is the Philadelphia 76ers, who are five and one right now. They have got off to a hot start. Are you buying? The 76ers. Let's let me ask you this, Gordon. Are you buying the 76ers as a finals contender? Well, it's the East. So it's the East. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I, 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 it's, it's so weird because I've been talking crap about the East for 20 years, <clears throat> but like the East hasn't done anything to make me dissuade myself from believing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, they had LBJ. They have been good since Jordan. You know, and and ever other right, than and him, that brief run with LeBron there. Yeah, you had LeBron, and then you had LeBron versus the West. Right. Like when every team LeBron's on for a decade makes the finals, I feel like maybe you don't have other teams in the East. <laughs> right. Exactly. It doesn't uh, matter what team he's on. It doesn't matter what teammates he has. It doesn't matter nothing. It's not like, you know, Jordan and Pippen for six years. Right. You yeah, know, there's the East has been um, bad for a long time. I mean, there's been... the, Bucks, the Bucks are good. Um, but the Bucks showed that if you get physical with them in the right ways and you make them try to adjust on the fly in the playoffs, they, they aren't good at that. That's not what Coach Bud's good at. Like, they are not good at minute, quick adjustments on the fly. Right. Or, or physical teams. So in that sense, maybe the 76ers could take them. Or Miami. Because, you know, they have big guys. You know, you have Simmons. You have... Embiid, so you have some size that other teams in the East don't necessarily have. Um, my thing with with the 76ers is nobody had any film on how they were going to necessarily be trying to alter the way that they play right. with a new coach. Right. So yeah, and, I and always, the whole like a top down like you know I mean there's a whole new philosophy. Correct. And so I feel like you get an easy jump when nobody knows what you're going to do. Like, they know who, who you have, but, you know, looking at old film and old tendencies don't help you when you have a new coaching staff who's going to use you differently. Yeah. So I still feel like, yes, they're off to a great start. No, I don't think they're quite this good. And I expect other teams to start catching them as they get more film to study and they can be like, oh, that's what you plan to do all the time. Right. Right. That's your favorite move now. Okay. Well, well we can take that away. How do you like them against the Nuggets? They never scare me, um, but the Nuggets have had trouble in Philly in the past. Um, I feel like Embiid and Jokic is always a good matchup. Yep. Um, and I don't feel like Ben Simmons as a defender really stops what the Nuggets have traditionally tried to do. It's one of the things you know, we were talking about before we came on the pod, where we were kind of talking a little bit about this the Philadelphia team, and I think we both agree on this is feel a lot better if Michael Porter Jr. plays that game. Yes. Um, because then then really Ben Simmons, uh, you know, you know he's going to have to work. If Ben Simmons has got to guard Will Barton, um, he doesn't really have to work very hard on defense. Correct. And Will Barton's going to have to work really hard on offense uh, to get any points. If Ben Simmons is going to have to guard Michael Porter Jr., that's a pretty even matchup. It's, uh, I actually know. am dying to see it. It's, it for yeah, me, right, yeah, it'd be very, very intriguing for sure. I, I, I'm dying to see Michael Porter Jr. on a guy who's finally his size who can play defense. Yeah, right. Because exactly. we ain't seen it yet. I would, I would love to see how MPJ responds to that. Yeah, that would be, uh, that would be. It's just fun. It. It's a good test. Like I consider the 76ers to be a good test for Denver, for the way that their big three operates. Not necessarily for like whether they win or lose. That depends on how the benches play and. You know, all sorts of crap. But, like, I want to see how Denver's big three shows up against Embiid and, you know, and Simmons um, and how they handle that sort of size and um, and, and length and, and can overcome on either end, really. And just defensive chops, right? Like, this, yeah. there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of guys that the 76ers can throw at you uh, in terms of defense. Absolutely. That, that are going to make things tough on you. Whether, you know, I mean, starting with Embiid and Simmons, who are both, you know, both kind of... Again, all 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 NBA type players, all NBA defense, like yeah. yeah, yeah, type of guys. I mean, Ben Simmons, I think, was on the uh, all NBA defense team last season. Either I'm not sure if he was first team or second team, but I'm sure I'm pretty sure he made one of them. Um, and Embiid is always going to be one of those guys who's there right there as well. And yeah, you know, you got guys like uh, you know Matisse Tybalt is another guy I think of who's uh, been 
uh, a guy who who's coming off the bench for them, but is another guy that they can just throw. If, if Murray's He's going off, yep. yeah, if, if Murray's going off, that's somebody that the 76ers can just throw at Murray to make things more difficult um, for him to be able to score. Like they've got, they've got guys at, at each of Denver's big scoring, you know, positions, the, the 76ers have their guys uh, to match up with them. But at the same time, so do the Nuggets, you know, like uh, whether it's those, those three matchups we've mentioned, or, you know, when you think about like, yeah, well, the 76ers have Tobias Harris who's been playing uh, pretty well for them so far this year. Like, but they've got, you know, the Nuggets have Paul Millsap to throw at him. So like, they've got, there's uh, both sides, I think have um, the firepower to match up. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, I think that one's a fun matchup. I think it will show some things. <clears throat> just in individual matchups, not necessarily in team versus team, but like it gives the Nuggets something to look at and something to be able to improve on, you know, win or lose. And so I, I like that matchup. I think it's fun. Um, I'm not sure that I would say the Nuggets will win it, but that's because I've been watching the Nuggets struggle oh, to have more win. than three people playing well. So, yeah, I wouldn't uh, in Philly. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not win. taking the Nuggets um, like you know as a as a win on that one, but. I definitely Let's, want to see it, and I definitely want to see the Nuggets get to adjust to the kind of things that that Philly can do. Tell you what, let's do this to uh, close out our show. So the Nuggets have four games this week. Timberwolves, Mavericks, 76ers, and Knicks. First two are at home, last two are on the road. What is your prediction, Gordon? What do you think the Nuggets do this week? If MPJ is back for the – he should be back for the Knicks game, right? We should be back for the Philly game, I would think, Saturday. Okay. And the Knicks is the next night on a back-to-back? Yep, exactly. Okay. God, I hate being optimistic, but I really want to say 3-1. and 3-1? and one. Yeah, you are. Wow. Like, it, like it's 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 between 2-2 two and two and 3-1. and one. It really depends. Like, I would think that they would take the next two, um, especially if you can run Doncic, if, if his quad isn't quite 100%. Right. You know, if you can run him um, and and make him have to do a bunch of work on that leg, um, you know, you might be able to overcome missing MPJ. Um, and again, the, the Timberwolves shouldn't be a big issue. There's, they have nothing that they can do that the Nuggets should not be able to come back at them. Right. Um, so then it's just a matter of, do you drop Philly? Probably. And then can you take the Knicks on a back-to-back? I think so. I hope so. I hope so. Knicks are 3-3. Three and three and they've been a... Uh... They're all Nuggets. right so far. Yeah. They've got, you know, I mean, I mean, the Knicks have some. Uh, I, I know we said we were going to talk about the Knicks, but I guess we can give a, a just a, a quick, um, a quick, you know, moment for the Knicks. They've given, they've got some decent dish guys. R.J. Barrett's looking, you know, uh, all right. You know, he's been he's been kind of their scoring, their their go to guy in scoring. Julius Randle has been solid. Julius um, has been quite good. Mitchell Robinson is a guy I like. Uh, I think Mr. Robinson is a is a solid big man for you. You know, there's just uh, you talk about. Uh, I mean, the bench is really bad. Um, well, and Tib- but yeah, but it doesn't matter because it's Tibbs and he's going to grind his starters to dust. So, <laughs> well, yeah, in this case, yeah, it might work better because I mean, you got you got Kevin Knox and, and Nerlens Noel and Austin Rivers, and then after that, it gets. I mean, and that was kind of like you know you're already kind of scraping. It gets pretty thin, yeah. Well, right there, and then after that, like it's a bunch of guys you've never heard of. Um, so it's uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's not a lot of depth there with that Knicks team, and then there's um, there's a lot of unproven parts. Like we'll see. Like I said, RJ Barrett has uh, been pretty strong so far. Uh, he's playing like fully. Like you said, uh, I mean, Tibbs has grinded him into the the ground, so he's playing like forty plus minutes a game. But um, I don't know that I I trust the Knicks yet to be a a 500 well they team. don't again the Knicks the Knicks are another team where you're like do you score enough right you know do you <clears throat> you know how how much of a shot have you got at um yes you're you're pretty good on defense because you're a Tibbs team so you're gonna be but I I I just can't imagine the Nuggets if you want to play a slow it down game with the Nuggets okay like right Right. You know, I, I don't think Jokic has any trouble working 22 seconds off the clock and then putting one up into the, you know. Yeah, exactly. Three feet from um, the hoop. Like, if you want to play slow and you don't really want to run in transition and you're not going to be bearing a bunch of threes, you know, and, and I, I just don't see that the Knicks have 
anything if if the the Nuggets are having Jokic and Murray both in top form and MPJ is back and pissed off, then they should have the matchup advantage. Right. Flat out, they should have the matchup advantage. Of yep. course, they've lost to the Kings twice with the matchup advantage. So, <laughs> so we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll yeah, see. I'm with you. Um, well, I'm not. I'm not 100 with you. I think they go two and two. Two and two. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know whether they drop that game against Dallas. You know. Um, or they maybe they, they lose back to back games against Philly and the Knicks. I'm, I'm with you. I think that they beat Minnesota. They, there's no reason for them not to. Um, but after that, uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, let's go ahead and we'll go ahead and wrap the show right there. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mikosh. Gordon is at G Money Nugs. Make sure you're following at Denver Stiffs as well. Over on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and also to the Denver Stiffs podcast network where we get the Pickaxe podcast, Nuggets numbers, Chicken Nuggets. Garbage takes the Denver Stiff Show, and then I think there was even like another podcast that came up over the uh, the weekend. The, I think it was called the Weekly Gist as well. Was uh, on the the Denver Stiff Podcast Network. So many podcasts I can't even keep up with them all. Uh, I say it every every time we're on the show, though nobody is giving you as many Denver Nuggets podcasts as the Denver Stiff Podcast Network. So make sure you guys are subscribed to that, and you'll get them all wherever you get your podcasts from. Mr. Gross, pleasure as always, sir. Absolutely, and hopefully we have the three in one week that I'm hoping for. There you go. Yeah, it'll be a cheery. If it's like a one and three, and they're they're coming off of back to back losses of Philadelphia, it, like if they beat Minnesota and then lose the next three in a row. Well, yeah, the over under on our cussing on this show has gone way <laughs> up. If that happens, it's gonna be a grumpy pod. All right, we will. Uh, I guess we'll just have to see what happens and uh, find out when we talk to you guys next week. This is-